Hey, this is Tom Kiefer, and you're listening to Appetite for Distortion with Brando. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 178. My name is Brando, and not only am I excited for today's guest, many of you are overly excited for today's guest. And Tom Kiefer, thank you. Tom Kiefer's on the line with us. Thank you for, for joining us, first of all, before I get off on my introductory spiel. Well, thanks for having me. Good talking with you. Likewise. And just so you know, we were going to have a... What I like to do sometimes on this podcast is to have the listeners really get involved. So there are some questions that they submitted that I'll ask you throughout okay. our, our interview, but they can sometimes come on and be a co-host. I just figure, you know, that's kind of like a cool experience to kind of be, you know, kind of on the radio talking to the heroes. But the thing is with the podcast and doing it, at, I'll just say what we're, 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 when we're doing it now, it's the afternoon on a, uh, on a Thursday and most normal people work. Uh, so it just was conflicted. But I had many people who, many fit listeners who wanted to join this call and, and speak with you, Tom, because the reaction I got and it really caught my eye was either there were two th- two themes when they with their excitement not just like oh wow great it was great performer and underrated so i guess with that do you feel that you're kind of underrated when we talk about the great singers of not just the 80s but still going on today unique singers do you feel maybe your your you and your work is underrepresented um i, I don't i don't really have an opinion on that to be honest um i I love what I do, and I enjoy doing it. And I think that what you just said, you know, if, if there's people saying that they feel that it's underrated, then I guess they feel they feel it's good. So <laughs> that's someone giving me a compliment. So it's kind of um, I don't I, I don't have any feeling one way or the other on that. You know, I I just I like what I do. Right on. It, again, it's just nice knowing it because you, you you seem to be coming off humble. And, and that's what I expected. So that's I I expected that kind of an answer. But uh, just to put names to some of the the comments, uh, Stephanie Harville, she first of all she said like I'm one of the luckiest dudes alive to do this interview. <laughs> so she was very bummed that she had to take care of her of her kid today. But family's more important than a podcast. Uh, Tom is fan fucking tastic. Uh, there's nothing quite like third row center in front of Tom Kiefer. Nothing. He is a powerhouse. Can't wait to listen. A lot of comments like that. So you are out and about performing. And I guess I, I first thing I got to say congrats on uh, signing and doing another Monsters of Rock cruise because you guys just announced that, correct? Yes, we're going to be on the 2021 cruise with Alice Cooper. And um, this is the first time Alice is uh, setting sail, I believe, on the cruise. And it's going to be a great lineup. And we've done it many times with my band, and it's always a great time. So we're looking forward to it. Do you remember like how many years you've been doing this? Um, I did it way quite a few years ago. A couple of to- couple cruises with Cinderella, and I've done. I'm going to say probably five now, maybe with my with my new band, the Kiefer Band. Okay, that's cool. So yeah, it's going to be Kiefer Band. But I've lost count. That might that, that might be a little more, a little less. I'm not, I'm going to say it's around five. All right. Well, I'm Kiefer Band. I'm not going to hold you to it. I'm not going to quiz you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just All curious. right. Good. Thank Cause, you. Because it is cool that Alice Cooper is doing it. Also, other than Tom Kiefer Band, Skid Row, Lit, Saxon, L.A. Guns, Kicks. I mean, it's Pat Travers, Michael Monroe. So it's uh, it is quite a lineup, but. Uh, you're you're out on the road. Are you out on the road right now with Kiefer Band? What's what's what are you doing? We just got off. We we okay. were we just got back Sunday from Arena Dates. Um, we were we toured really heavy last year when the Rise record was released and stopped over the holidays. And we went out and did a few winter gigs and just got back from those. 
And we are probably going to be home now till we start hitting it at the end of May for like summer touring season. Okay. Where is home, if you don't mind me asking? Tennessee. Oh, very cool. I like that. And this ties into the, the touring and, and current uh, Kiefer band. This was another guy uh, who wanted to be a co-host, but uh, equally excited to, to hear from you regardless. Uh, Trevor, he, uh, he says, you're such a great performer, seen him many times. I think he sings with his wife in, uh, on stage and daughter. Maybe I'm assuming too much. Easily couldn't find info on them, which we probably shouldn't. Uh, if that's the case, I'm curious to know what it's like to tour with family all the time. Because you, your wife, uh, you write with your wife, correct? Yeah, my wife's part of the band, and we write the, the solo records. We write and produce together. Um, I don't have a daughter. We have a son, and uh, he's not in the band. So um, You got that half right. <laughs> got that half right. Um, there have been, we, uh, Kendra Chantel sings in the band with us as well, and there's, there, some fans have at times have thought that she was our daughter, but I don't I'm not sure why, because Savannah and I both have jet black hair, and she has blonde hair. (laughs) But she and uh, Kendra and Savannah sing together on stage and play percussion. And uh, so uh, I do remember once or twice uh, fans asking us that, and uh, but that's not the case. So perhaps maybe that's what they're thinking. Probably, I I knew, and I did actually write on this this thread when I announced that you were coming on said his wife is in the band with him and actually a follow-up would that be because Trevor also responded uh, I've always dug the way that he looked too so do you do your own wardrobe do you work with your your with your wife and how you dress <laughs> um, I don't know it's kind of like what you know you go shopping whatever you think looks cool <laughs> you get you know fair enough so, some of the stuff I tear up myself and add some you know stuff to it or whatever you know it's just something i've always done since i was a kid you know um so yeah i mean there's been times uh where i've had you know some stuff's just something you see you know you buy right off the shelf and you get a pair of scissors and customize it yourself sometimes you have something made you know it just kind of depends i gotcha well, again, it's not just the music and the fans curious about. They curious about how you. Because yeah. you've, you've, I don't know, you've kind of always had a great there's style. There's no rhyme or reason it. to it. I, I guess there's no rhyme or reason to it. I guess is what I'm saying. Fair enough. Sure. You're that. That makes you more organic and cool and rock and roll than me. Because right now, I, I know we're doing this over the phone. I'm currently wearing uh, a Cinderella T-shirt because <laughs> I wanted yeah. to. Get, I wanted to get in, into the mood. So, so I guess I think a little too much about how, uh, how I look. Um, so with that, you, you, when you first met your wife, you, did you bond over music? Is this something that came organically for, I don't know, maybe you were looking for a co, uh, uh, someone to write with and then you fell in love or did you fall in love? And then you, I, I maybe a kind of like a, you know, a mushy question, but actually, Actually, uh, some of the first moments we spent together were sitting at a piano in Memphis, um, just jamming songs together because she plays piano. She's a better piano player than I am. And we became friends, and then we started working together um, musically. I started producing uh, music for her, actually, because uh, she's quite a singer and songwriter and artist in her own right. And it just kind of, kind of, you know, one thing led to another, and then we ended up getting married and having a family and starting a band and producing records together. And it just, but yeah, the very, the very first moments we really spent together were we were sitting at, together at a piano and, and playing and singing songs together. So there you go. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, this is another question. Speaking of the piano, uh, which is. I feel it's like one of the most underrated or underused uh, instruments in today's rock world. So I'm glad you are keeping that alive. Uh, this is from uh, Ken Begora on Long Island. Uh, curious on his rankings. So, I mean, you could pass because I'm sure some of these guys are friends of yours uh, on, on the follow, uh, follow uh, piano-based rock classic. So don't know what you got until it's gone. Uh, November Rain or Home Sweet Home. Can you again? If you if it's too hard, you could say tie. I don't want to put you under the gun here. <laughs> oh, do you want me to pick a favorite of those three? Rank them like one, two, three. And it's not saying the third one is terrible. It's just maybe your 
And you could be a homer and say yours is the favorite, but maybe I don't know. Well, I'm going to leave mine. I'm going to leave mine out of it. Okay. And I will say, um, I absolutely love November Rain. I, I love that. I just love that song. So I, I would put that number one. But Home Sweet Home's great too. Right so on. Nothing, nothing wrong with that song. And I'll, I'll leave mine out of it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. November Rain is. Right. is I mean that. What well, it's just, just, it's just epic. You it, know, I, I, it's agreed. It's a great record. <laughs> it, it is because I know you were during that time period, and obviously this is a, a GNR themed podcast. Just as we fit things with our six degrees of GNR bacon and cinderella comes up and you know the fred uh, the fred tie what ties i guess do you have do you have experiences you know perhaps meeting slash or jamming or any of the guys from from guns and roses what uh any fun stories whether it be back in the day or current uh relating to gnr um really just going to shows you know and, and meeting them um i remember hanging out at the spectrum backstage with slash really nice guy before their show don't know them really well, but I'm huge fans and just, you know, the, you know, just going to shows, you know, and, and kind of hanging backstage a bit here and there. Okay. Great band. Amazing performers. Not, I mean, no, no outrageous stories or anything to tell. I mean, just kind of hanging out. Good, good guys. Sure. A lot of respect for the musicianship and the, uh, the songs and, and everything. Just, you know, that, that's just probably my favorite band from the era. Oh, that's cool. Right on. And the way I am, it's not even like anything crazy stories. It could be like, oh, I, I came in and I saw, oh, I forgot who said it, but someone like they, when they saw Slash kind of without his, without leather pants, he, they saw him in like a, in sweatpants eating like pizza and without a hat. And it's like, oh, you saw Slash without his armor. So, I mean, like it's silly fun <laughs> stories. It's it's nothing like that. Uh, one other question, like, I, I, cause I know your, your time is valuable and I appreciate that what you're giving me. Uh, this is from Garrett from Texas. Uh, can you explain your relationship with uh, Lizzie Hale and, and Hailstorm and how you've worked with, with her? Uh, yeah, it was um, when my band first came together when The Way Life Goes was released. We were out touring in 2013 with the new band, and we got uh, asked to do some shows with them, two shows up in the Northeast, and I was aware of them and familiar with their music and, and really loved her voice. And I knew that she was a fan and we, you know, you know, took the gigs and, and wanted to go do the shows with them because I, th- I thought they were a really cool band, but I didn't really know them. Uh, Tony Higby was uh, friends with them and knew them. And uh, one thing led to another because of his relationship with them, um, where they started having a discussion about uh, at these shows that were coming up that Lizzie and I would do a song together on stage and sing a song together. So she and I ended up on the phone together, and uh, that's the first time we spoke, and we kicked around some ideas on some songs and ended up deciding to do Nobody's Fool and dis- discuss the vocal arrangement a little bit over the phone, how we wanted to do it, and... Then we got into uh, Soundcheck. The first show was at the House of Blues in Atlantic City, and at Soundcheck we went through the song, and it it felt really great. And we we um, played the uh, played it that night, and we played it the next night at the show, and kind of just became a thing that whenever we shared the stage together, because we've done a lot of shows since then together, we always do it, and we eventually ended up recording it as one of the deluxe. Uh, bonus tracks for the way life goes because it was a it was something it was a collaboration that came about as a result of the release of that record and us touring and my new band forming and ended up doing those shows with them and um so that's how we met and um you know there's just just a, a real mutual respect between lizzie and i and and our bands as well i i, I love their records uh, i think that they are a pretty amazing band her voice is insane and, uh, you know, she has cited me as an influence, but I would say that works both ways mm. uh, because, uh, you know, when any time I have the opportunity to uh, sing with her, it's always very inspiring. And that, that you know, uh, makes me want to be a better singer, too, because she's just I mean, that, that voice of hers is just it's right. I always say it's, it's like a weapon, man. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I like how that, it's I like so that. Bad. You know, uh, and it, it, it make, really makes you want to step up. So, um, so 
you know, yeah, we're we're all good friends and they're great people. Very cool. So uh, the the latest album is is Rise, as uh, we we brought up before, and you're taking a little bit of a break now. What what's to come? Are you still going to go out and promote Rise? I mean, it's it's very well received. A bunch of videos online for people to watch. Uh, are you going to start working on, or have you started working on new music already? Or are you just going to, you know, kind of live in this album for a bit? What's what are the plans for for you and Kiefer Band? Um, well, we just released the second single to rock radio, to FM radio, and the single is Hype. Uh, and a video was released a right. few weeks ago, and it went officially to the FM airwaves about two weeks ago. So uh, it's really just round two in terms of singles. I know we've released several videos, but in terms of actually working radio singles, Hype is, just a, is the second. Okay. Um the Death of Me was released back in August as the first single, and that was worked through the fall and um, climbed the charts right up just before the holidays. We were in the teens and uh, did pretty well at Mainstream Rock. And, um, you know, the holidays hit, and we came off the road and took a break, put a little air between The Death of Me and the second single, and we just released Hype. So we're, we're kind of on, on number two now. We're going to tour behind the record through probably the fall. Okay. Um, so there'll be probably more videos to come, and and uh, we're going to keep uh, keep touring and taking the music to the people, as they say. <laughs> well, I told you what some of the people literally have said. You know that you are the word was 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 powerhouse that was used by one of my listeners. So I'm really glad, and uh, I'd like to think that you'll come to New York. Uh, either New York or Long Island, somewhere where I can go come, come to. And you know, if you're around, if you have time in your busy schedule, I would love to have you in studio. Absolutely, I'm sure we will be coming through there at some point. Awesome, Tom. Thank you so much for your time and just continued success and, and best of luck with everything. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure speaking with you. So perhaps in the first time in history, Tom Kiefer had an interview that there were no. Cinderella questions. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, I guess if you want to count him ranking the, the, the piano songs, but that really wasn't a question about Cinderella. I mean, right? And I asked your questions. You people care about his music. You know, you wanted to know about his relationship with Lindsay Hale and, of course, the you know if there were any GNR ties. No Cinderella. Interesting. Perhaps next time. But we move on to a, a new segment on Appetite for Distortion, that I want to start highlighting new bands, new music. We talk about that. Where's the new the new rock stars? So even if they don't have a direct connection to Guns N' Roses, a new singer, new artist that we're going to have on the show, uh, they are influenced by. They, they grew up on Guns N' Roses, so we're going to make the connection somehow. And you've been sending in some great suggestions on social media on what to name this new segment, Appetite for Discovery. Anything new goes, perhaps, because we got to keep in the same spirit of just well-thought-out, well-produced segments. We, we have to keep the, the, the high standards of a fan obsession. Fan. That's yeah, pretty good. That is, is, that is that on purpose? Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, no, no, it's a total accident. That, so that's my... my my fan one because we got it. I'm, I'm putting it out there. I did the same thing with Corey Marks. I gotta find the right name, you know, the, the themed name when I talk to newer bands that Guns N' Roses fans should like. Oh, this one I'm really proud of. Like, do you guys? Uh, do you get ESPN in Canada? Is there an ESPN we got in Canada? The sports Center, yeah, like sports TSN. Center. Yeah. Have you ever seen? Because I haven't done this segment in uh, in a while. But have you ever seen the show? Do they have like a? Is it PTI? I watch PTI a lot. Yeah, they uh, have it on there. All right, so. I, I did this maybe once or twice during the show where I would have a panel and we would pick like, uh, certain topics like they would on you know any talking head sports show or news segment, whatever. So I wanted to come up with a Guns N' Roses themed version of PTI. And if you are, if you guys like Chinese democracy, they have a song called IRS. Mm-hmm. So I made this. Welcome to PTI. The show of competitive better. Here's Brando. That's pretty good. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> awesome. <you>. Brando. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> so we'll come up with something. Anyway, uh, Bleaker is here today. Yo, what up? From Canada. You guys also took notice of my Vancouver Canucks hat, which yes. I appreciate. Where from Canada are you from? 
Uh, I, I'm I'm from uh, I'm from Aurelia, best city in Canada. Where I don't know. What no that one is. knows uh, anything about where it is or anything. Yeah, it's a hidden gem. Uh, it's it's right near Toronto, like an hour and a half uh, north of Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm from uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. It's pretty gross out there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's the best it's city flat. in the country. Chris came from it. Um, <laughs> my ex girlfriend's mom is from Saskatchewan, so oh, we should there be you best go. friends. I'm yeah. sure you know her. Do you know what city? No. Oh, very. Uh, no, I. She was from. You still they, talk to her? You no, still, okay. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> she got me into Guns N' Roses, or got me more so, and that was that was the good thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I love Canada. I've been to Ottawa. I've been to Quebec. There you uh, go. Uh, Montreal. There you uh, go. I do want to go to Toronto, even though I harbor feelings against. You don't uh, have to Tavares. go. To, yeah, you don't have to go to Toronto to be honest with you. Come to Aurelia, and then uh, that'd be good. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah. What? Go to well, if you go to if you go to Canada, you go to Montreal. I think that's what I would do. Because I, I often talk about in relation to GNR and other, you know, bands. Because that's again, I I would be bored. I've said often if I guess all I talked about was GNR, I'd be bored. But mm-hmm. I guess use it as a springboard to certain things or a connection. You talk about the music scene, you know, here in America. Maybe that rock isn't as popular. What is it like where you are in Canada? Because you guys are alt rock, which is kind of right. Is that the? I don't know if you. I hate. I would say g- that genre, yeah. which I don't even know what that means anymore. Alt rock. Everything's everything now. I think, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, how would you describe your sound for those who, uh, who may not know you yet? I don't. It's like it varies from song to song. I guess like alt rock pop, alt rock pop. Okay. Yeah, pop alt rock. Pop alt pop alt rock. Chips pop in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Chips pop in a bar. Yeah. Who uh, who are your favorites growing up? And I'm glad that before we got on, mm-hmm. you asked if I can if you can curse on the show. Yeah. And I went shit piss fuck cocks. You know all the, yeah, the yeah. from Blink and you knew it was Blink. Yeah, I did know it was Blink. That was a big band for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> I actually so I joined the band four years ago, and I went to see. They were called Bleaker Ridge at the time, but I saw them play in Regina. Um, when I was like 12, my dad took me and my cousin and, uh, are you saying that we're, we were one of your favorite bands? Um, are you? No, I was actually, I actually went to the, go get my popcorn and hot dog. Uh, but I heard them from the bathroom. It sounded unreal. <laughs> so then, <laughs> uh, no, the, uh, but Blink was huge. Uh, like the Appetite for Destruction record was also huge. Um, just like. The ride symbol on that is okay. like the best recorded ride symbol ever that I've ever heard. What? Listen to the record again and listen for the ride symbol. Mm-hmm. He's a drummer, so he gets he, it. Explain, because I'm not a drummer, so yeah. explain it to the idiots like me. Well, it's just every, like almost every chorus. Is it uh, Steven Adler that plays drums mm-hmm. on that? Yep. Uh, every chorus, he's like on the bell of the ride. Yeah. Like, and it's just the loudest thing. It's awesome. What what symbols does he play? Zildjian? I Sabian? hope so. I actually don't Paste? know. I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll get a message uh, letting us know when yeah. the interview yeah. uh, gets posted. I'm glad. That's cool that you brought that up almost right away. So how did you get into, how did you find your sound? Because we have a lot of Canadian fans. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot reach out to me uh, quite often. How did GNR influence you? What are some of the other influences to make your your fun rock and sound? I mean, because mm-hmm. it's, GNR has some songs maybe that can... Lean, I don't know, poppy-ish, but it's not what they're they're kind of known for. Yeah. This would be a Taylor question. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I was obsessed with Appetite for Destruction for a while. I can't, To be honest, full disclosure, if Chris puts it on, which he usually does, I turn it off because I've heard it so many times. <laughs> okay. I can't do it anymore. That's fair. But oh, you can never get gonna, enough. It's going to come back around, but uh, we we listened to like a lot of Joe Walsh and stuff growing up, and like and cool. cut, we just did like, we were kind of a, a cover band when we were kids like 11, 12, and just started playing in the bars. And so it was like a lot of blues. And so everything we do kind of has a bit of blues in it. Okay. Um, well, I mean, like GNR, it has a lot of blues in it. Too, sure. Hidden in there. Sure. Especially the uh, the earlier records. Yeah. That's cool. And I, I don't even think I mentioned your names yet. Taylor. Taylor, Who yeah. was just talking to and, and, and I'm Chris. The, I'm the yeah. guy who just said, I don't listen to Appetite for Destruction <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're oh, real bright. You're a real yeah. smart guy. Because you've listened right. to it too much. Oh, yeah. I've listened to it But I mean, like... I'll, you need a break. It fires me up. Okay, here's how I'll say it. Like, if you're like, hey, I'm going to put on Appetite, I'll be like, don't. But then when it comes on, I'm like, frig. 
<laughs> okay, we go. Yeah, okay. let's go. Yeah. yeah, like just play the intro to Night Train. And Every it's time like Night you, Train comes on, ha- I have to drink like at least six beers. Yeah, the last time Night Train came on, I think uh, I think it was Night Train, and you had you'd spilled beer onto a table, and then you called it Zamboni. Yeah, you Zamboni the beer. Up. Yeah, you licked the beer off the table with your tongue. Yeah. Yeah, Zamboni. He's got a beer store hat on. Do yeah. you see that? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. it's a Canadian thing. Yeah, Ontario oh. thing. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's where you buy beer. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't know <laughs> it about. Is, it is. See, these are things I have. Like, we're all brought together through Guns N' Roses for us to learn about mm-hmm. other parts of the world. This is how I'm creating world peace. Yeah, you know, I I until I started dating that girl, I didn't know about Canadian Tire. I didn't know about <laughs> Tim Hortons. That's Why do you got the... Tim Hortons here? Don't you or no? I think. In later, upstate, upstate. Uh, uh, oh yeah, upstate New York, oh, yeah. but not certainly not here. I guess he wouldn't have a Canadian. Tire. I was like Tim Hort. I can get all these like Kevin Smith references, you know, mm-hmm. at the time when he would make a. Oh, was was it Tusk that was in? Yeah, Tusk. Yeah, the movie. Yeah, I yeah. think it was made in Canada or something like that. I, I don't know. know. Uh, so Taylor, how long have you? Are you the founder of, of Blinker? Uh, yeah, I'd be the founder, CEO, uh, chief of operations. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. uh, I'm pretty much running the show here. Probably the best looking guy in the band. Not a big deal. Uh, I, I've been doing nice. it for like 15 years with my little brother, and then we slowly started getting these oh, tagalongs. Cool. Yeah, so yeah, uh, we have Mike. He's our bass player. I met him at soccer practice when we were like 11, mm. and uh, we met Chris like four years ago. We found him on YouTube. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah. We there's a video of him and he was he was in like a drum competition and he dropped a stick <laughs> and then he had to stop and get up and pick it up. Yeah. And we said that's a guy. Uh, <laughs> I was also I was 13 I in the video. Yeah. Well, Very young. you should have been practicing more than you probably did. Yeah. Well. Or have spare sticks. So, as a drummer, do you have spare sticks? Well, usually? that's where I learned my lesson about that. Yeah. I uh, now I do. No, okay. I have lots of spare sticks. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned your like how how old's your brother? You mentioned he, little brother. Oh, how man. old are you? That's a good question. I'm 31. 31. Born okay. in 1989. All right. Yeah. yeah. How old are you? 36. Oh, Frank, you got me beat. All well, right. the thing is, too, I'm closer to death. It's yeah, okay. you're yeah. way way closer. <laughs> His brother Cole is. Uh, he's 29, I think. Yeah, easily okay. the hottest. But guy he's in the a band. sexy 29. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he's a hot. He's hot. Okay. Yeah. Taylor kind of looks like someone's mom. <laughs> like it's just like, like he picked it's, me up from the airport and yeah. i thought it was uh like someone's mom yeah he, i do look like a mom kind of do you have mom hips i, I, I have, have mom, mom hair, hair. One oh yeah like i got a mom haircut yeah. So it's i don't know i'm really feminine he's looking. actually got to get going the kids are at soccer practice yeah. and he's got to pick him up i'm trying to <laughs> it's like early uh, it's like devin sawa hair Devin Sawa, you see, my wife loves Devin Sawa, All right, so that, maybe that's, that's why. why. Yeah, I, I see a little up. Devin Hard. Sawa. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah. with like, yeah, with like orange slices. And I think it's, I, I, if I make the connection <laughs> right, then it's good. It, it, Chris, it's you look like the lead singer from Bleachers. Oh, oh that's right? a compliment. Thank right? you. Is he hot? He's hot. Yeah, good looking guy. Let's yeah. see. Can I Google? I, uh, I was confused at first. I'm like, am I interviewing Bleachers or Bleaker? <laughs> You know what? Uh, I was really into. He had that song uh, "Roller Coaster," right? Um, I remember getting into that record uh, a long time ago. Thank you, Bleacher. Uh, I just okay. googled Bleachers, and it's just it's just Bleachers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Google, damn you! Have you know? <laughs> they usually can read your mind with everything. Yeah. Oh, you do look like that guy because of the glasses. He's better looking. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, y'all. Okay. Yeah. So what? What's the? What kind of things did you? You talk Sean writing about, but that's to take that you know turn this a uh, little bit more of a serious uh, yeah. conversation. What's like the subject matter of like what do you guys connect on lyrically to put out there? Um, we kind of just write about what we know. I think that's kind of the rule. Sure. Yeah. Um, write about our friends, about our uh, city, just like that kind of stuff. Like we have a song called Cool, and it's just got every line is has something to do with one of my friends. So like my friend White Dan and Basil and Devo and all those guys. So it's cool to like keep it like that. But we're just like, I don't know, we're a small town band and I don't know if we can get uh, any crazier than that. We're not, um, we're not very intellectual. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Great sense of humor. That's part of intellect. (laughs) Yeah. Is it? That's good. We got that then. That's like one for 10. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we read about that kind of stuff. And uh, we, it's a lot of lighthearted stuff for the most part. We have a song called Disaster. It's kind of more serious. It's kind of about just uh, being able to just be pissed off. Which is fun. 
but in a nice way. It's kind of uh, what's this uh, like a ballad? It's a ballad. Yeah, it's your favorite song. It's my favorite have. song. Yeah. yeah, want me to sing it? Sure. They say life is a middle. Yeah, that, he sounds way better than that on the recording. Um, <laughs> I'm swoon. I'm yeah. No, I see it in your eyes. <laughs> it is. It is. I think one of the best songs on the record. Uh, as far as like the, I think the vocals are amazing on it. I don't mean oh, to you. pump your tires a little bit here, but yeah. um, yeah, no, that that song and and cool what he mentioned. I don't think it's even out yet, but that <clears> song is is awesome as well. Since you guys have been doing it since, um, you know, you play music when you were younger. You know, when did you, did you always feel that like, I'm going to do this professionally, you know, and how were your parents at the time? Did they think it was just a hobby? But now you're here and, It kind you know, of still feels like a hobby. Okay. Because it's not like I'm Elvis Duran interviewing you or Howard Stern, but still you're here in New York City. You're from a mm-hmm. small town in Canada. Like when, when did you feel, do you, maybe you answered it just there. Like, do you ever feel like, wow, I'm doing this for a living? You no, know? It, it feels more like just playing music with friends. Mm-hmm. And I think if it ever felt differently, I don't know if we'd do it. We've never uh, gone through really any hardships at all. We've all just kind of been on the same page the whole time. Like, we've been playing for 15 years together. So, uh, yeah, we've never really... Maybe it'll just take one big fight and we'll be done. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would suck. The first one and the last one. Um, support of parents was really nice for me. Like, uh, I have to shout out my dad, George, and my mom, Jordan. Judy. They... Uh, they definitely like that that video he's talking about where I dropped my drumstick. Like that was my dad putting it in my head after like you're keeping spare drumsticks beside your kid at all times now. Like no more fucking mm-hmm. around there. It'd be hard to have yeah. parents that because my parents were super super into it as well. So it'd be hard to not have parents like mm-hmm. that. Like have to you know what I mean? Because they did so much. They drove us to all the gigs. They you yeah know, made mm-hmm. sure we were doing everything. They bought us the instruments and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know how people do without it. It's like um, what they say about hockey parents. Yeah, like, like, aren't hockey, I feel more than any other sport, mm-hmm. not just like how yeah. uh, costly all the equipment is, but just like time of practices. They always so, I don't know, that's just me trying to, con- in my mind, connecting. Maybe it's a Canadian thing. Well, mm-hmm. my dad was a hockey dad, too, I would okay. I would say. Like, mm-hmm. I played hockey my whole life, except for like the last, like, what, five years, six years? Yeah. And yeah, but it was the same thing that he said, like driving to the gigs, it'd be like driving to the rink. Yeah, like, same I deal. remember like we'd play yeah. in Toronto like on a Tuesday night or something, we play for four hours and then we get home at like three in the morning and then they wake us up and we go to public school the next day <laughs> it's That's like the, and they'd go to work. Right. And so yeah. it's pretty crazy. They're good people. Have you met anyone along the way as far as in the business who is, who have taken notice with you or perhaps you uh, have gotten a chance? I don't know if you've gotten a chance to work with anybody yet. Cause again, your, your label mate, Corey, uh, Corey Marks, we talked about different country artists he's worked with. Ivan Moody, you know, um, Mick Mars contributed to a, a track of his. Mm. Have you come across anybody yet in your your oh, career? Yeah. I don't want to say young career because you've been doing it for a while, but you're you're young guys still. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, like as far as musicians, all the musicians we meet are great. We've never really worked. We've we've never had like any features or anything because uh, yeah, Corey has like all those guys on the record. Which is crazy. Is there anybody on your wish list that you want to work with, you know, at some point? You know, somebody like that you've always admired and be like, this would be, wow, this would be a dream. There's definitely bands that I think would be awesome to tour with, is what I think about a lot. Like a lot of, I feel like every time we go on tour with a band, we end up becoming good friends with them just from, you know, having beers after or mm-hmm. hanging out. I think I think the coolest band of all time, other than Guns N' Roses, of course. <laughs> Is uh, nice. I think if I if I could sorry to switch the question, but if I could be in one band, I think I'd be in Rage. Oh nice. yeah, because the power groove is real. Yeah, that that's that's awesome. And I was a huge Chris Cornell fan too. So when yeah. you asked that question, I was like, that's who I would have loved to work with. Sure. I saw him once. I walked by him. We were like renting gear, and I just shit myself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like I couldn't say anything. I was like, oh, that's bye. Yeah. Yeah. I, I once interviewed Eric Valentine, who was the producer on Slash's big, first big record. Big fan. Big fan. Like, sorry to interrupt you. No, but, please. But one of my biggest inspirations as far as like recording and engineering is him. Well, he's, that's awesome. He's 10 out of 10. So you probably know that he produced uh, Slash's first yeah. record with all the different singers. So he's yeah. telling us about Chris Cornell and just this process of describing it, like Chris would say to him, it's going to sound really bad for a while. But then it's going to get really good. Mm. And Eric said he is the loudest singer. I believe he said this. 
loudest singer he had ever worked really? with was Chris Cornell. I think it'd be when, opposite. I know. But when he got it, when he would hit certain notes, yeah. I, I have to go back and listen to that interview, but the he had nothing but obviously wonderful things to say about uh, Chris Cornell, so I'm, I understand yeah. that as well. We uh, we almost played with him because we oh, wow. we were in Detroit the, that night that he passed away, and mm. then we were supposed to do Rock on the Range with him the next day, and he was headlining with Soundgarden. Oh, yeah, and it was that was a tough wake up. That's brutal, 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 brutal. And did you? I, I forget. Did they they did they cancel Rock on the Range? No, it, no. They All did right. like a tri- was there a tribute? Well, there was a, a hurricane came in that same day. Or like, well, not a hurricane, but a crazy like storm. A big storm. So we played, okay. and then that was kind of it. Was there a mood that that day? Was it hard to play? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it's all weird. weird. It's and everyone's weird. talking about like what they're going to do and stuff. And Jeez. It's just a weird one. It was just a weird one. You're like, what? I know. I, I didn't believe it at first. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, either. Uh, so let's let's get out of this. Uh, this dark oh, you don't area. want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I you know I do often talk about mental health on this show. So, mm-hmm. um, but in, with your sense of humor, I don't want to go too uh, too dark and deep with it all. Uh, so tell us what is what can people find out about Bleaker now? What are you what are you doing? What's on the horizon? You know where can people see you? Um, you know, touring shows, best places to find you, social media, all that, yeah, uh, that fun stuff. Yeah, Update us on us. On we're you. we're uh, we we were really bad at social media, but now we're pros. We're okay. really yeah, good we're now. really good now. Yeah. So we're on Bleaker Official on everything, and uh, we're we're doing a tour coming up with AWOL Nation and Beaches and nice. Uh, so that's gonna Andrew be fun. Andrew McMahon in the wilderness. Yeah. So okay, that's, that's uh, end of May and then June. Or just all through the states, all through the United States of America, and it's a little bit in Canada. One Toronto show. Yeah. Is that gonna be? Is that your biggest tour? Uh, think? I think the biggest. We did Sublime and Dirty Heads. Okay, which wow, was, okay, which was sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I smoked weed. <laughs> okay, I don't though. Okay. You know what I mean? Are you, do you? Or are you like? Uh, no comment. No okay. comment. Well, like I drink, but I wish I could just I ha- smoke weed. Okay, I haven't drank in four years. What? I'll say that. Oh my god! Yeah, good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. I haven't had a drink in four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, we uh, in our record, it comes out on May first. So I think you can pre-order it, uh, pre-order, pre-order it on Spotify and iTunes and all that kind of stuff. What's the name of the record? It's called Self Made. I like that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. about, well, that's that song is about my older brother. He's self-made. He's smarter than us. Yeah, he, he's a smart guy. Yeah, you, handsome too. You did not get the smarts. He got the smarts. What did I get? The mom here. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go ahead on that. Nice. I know. As like George Costanza, that's it. That's it. I got to go. Uh, Bleaker, Chris, Taylor. I mean, this really was a pleasure. You guys are awesome. Yeah, thanks you know, for having me. You, you made the trip from from Canada to our dreary day in New York. I wish you were it's here. Beautiful. It's warm. That's we just all had so much pizza too. Like oh. it's just we feel very New York right now. Yeah. Uh, so you've had New York pizza. We had some. Yeah. I had authentic sbarros. <laughs> okay, yeah. Michael Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Oh my God, I always get a sparrow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I had a slice at 9.30 a.m. with Corey. Oh. Yeah. You and Corey had pizza Well, I actually, I was the only one who was eating, but <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Do you guys have this banter on Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok where the yeah, kids Yeah, if are... you want to be really annoyed, you just go on to that. We're not on TikTok yet, though. Are you on TikTok? No, I don't even know what it is, to be honest. I don't want there to be another well, thing. I have a friend, he's a teacher, and he says all the kids are using TikTok. All the kids are... Doing Tide Pods, so like why do I? <laughs> I forgot oh, tide about pod, Tide like Pods. The tide pods yeah, so why do I want to do what the kids are doing? Yeah, I, I yeah. You don't want to do Tide Pods. It would taste bad. Yeah, it, my well, mom as a kid used to have this shampoo. It smelled like caramel, <laughs> so I tried it. It didn't taste like caramel. Explains then, so much. But then the next week, I tried it again because <laughs> it smelled so good. <laughs> oh man! One of the stories uh, you keep to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also have to. Nobody's listening. Hope. <laughs> I have to also say uh, our appreciation for wearing that hat. That's a really beautiful. Yeah, it's a really hat nice hat for yeah, throwing an old school Canucks Vancouver Canucks hat. I appreciate it. Did, and you wore it for us? I did. I, awesome. I wore it for you and and Corey because um like you're what I always do this. I, I try to wear you know especially when I go out on on dates. But so this, like this is kind of like dating. You first mm-hmm. meeting people asking questions. So what can I wear to impress them? So um, I oh, okay. so I was trying to think of. I don't have any. I wasn't going to wear a hockey jersey today. I yeah. think I told you I have like a couple of Canucks. Yeah, my uh, dream. Yeah, 
That's uh, awesome. The Flames. Who I have a, a Senators hat. I'm you have an Islanders one? Are you not? Oh yeah, fan? no, I got. A, I'm an Island. I've yeah, yeah. But I just growing up before I really got into music, I was just, I wanted to be a sportscaster. Mm. So I love sports and I love the logos. Do you have the sports voice like the? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> By the way, I will say to this to the Canadians in the room: What happened to Don Charity is messed up. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. He's an icon. Yeah, I know. That really sucks. I know. I uh, signed a petition against it. <laughs> and then they emailed me. Now they won't stop emailing me. Oh, I could have also worn my um, my Nord- Nordiques uh, mm. shirt. That's jersey. classic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some I do have since I was a kid, so I'm old school. Some I did buy, like, recently online. So mm-hmm. I like to say I was hip before the stir. Because oh. I'm not a hipster getting all these things. I, I've had these since. Oh, yeah, right, cool. Cool. The Senators one is when they first. I, I've had that since they um, came in, into the league. So it's like a. It's like genuine. It's like first generation. You don't wear it, right? I do wear it. You so do it? Just to date on dates. Not on dates. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll wear a nice news newsy uh, cap. On, on What's a, a newsy cap? Like a newsboy cap. Oh, uh, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like a golf cap? Yeah, kind which of? now all hipsters wear, but I'm yeah. wearing that. But you've been that before. It's a good look. Because it's, uh, you know, it's an old Jewish man thing, and that's what I am. I'm an yeah. old Jewish man, you know, slowly getting older. Yeah, you're 36. You're almost, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I'm up there. I'm up there. Man, I'll never be as old as you. Well, next time you are in New York, i got to have you guys on again to talk more about just GNR and to make me laugh. So we, oh, we yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we didn't. Yeah, we didn't sorry we didn't talk about GNR, but I, can I is just say. Is there anything else? You do? Yeah, would you want to talk about yeah. GNR? Anything I just want to say, I, I genuinely think that if that record didn't exist, so many of the world's best albums would not exist also. Yeah, like, I think, crazy. unbelievable record. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one I've listened to the most out of all of them. I can't say I've listened to User Illusion or the other ones as much, but... Uh, Appetite is 10 out of 10. Ride Symbol is 10 out of 10. Yeah. It's because it's hitting the bell? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? It's just so... Just, next time you listen to it, think about the Ride Symbol, how much he's hitting it. It's unreal. I yeah. will. Yeah. Have either of you seen them? Have you gone to... Uh... I just saw them in... Oh, no, sorry. Like two years ago <laughs> in Regina. They were playing at the just football saw. stadium. Yeah. I haven't seen them. Oh, maybe... No, I haven't seen them. But I did see... So we we did a show with... Um, oh, my God. Which slashes the other band? Um, with Miles Kennedy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we saw... And the Conspirators? We were with them, yeah. And uh, we were backstage, and I brought my wife, and we're walking around, and I'm like, hey, there's Slash over there. And she looks over, and he's in his... Uh, he's in sweatpants, eating a sandwich. <laughs> oh, God. The Slash that <laughs> yeah. no one sees. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, who? Where? That's not him. I'm like, yeah, it's Slash. <laughs> he's just in his... I've never heard that so story. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. She, it changed her perception. Wow. Because yeah. you don't see him in... Anything other than leather yeah. pants and the hat, yeah, which is yeah, like it was just gray sweatpants and a big wow. sandwich. You saw the the wizard, yeah, you know behind Oz. You saw wow, yeah, I saw behind the curtain. Oh, geez, saw how the hot dog was made. <laughs> oh, I will say this: I actually got to see Guns N' Roses in uh, in Ottawa. So oh, I, I got sweet. to see it amongst the Canadians. Nice. This was with uh, the Suicide Girls. Uh, another Canadian, uh, Sebastian Bach. Yeah, we know Sebastian yeah. Bach. Do you watch Trailer Park Boys? I finally, you know, it's great because I know GNR, they, they have a good relationship and, you know, with Bubbles and all of them. Yeah. That's something else I didn't know about until I started dating that Canadian girl. Yeah. You know, it was the Tim- girl with the mom? Same girl? Oh, uh, that her mom goes to or lived in Saskatchewan. Oh yeah, that was just me just trying to. That was just me just trying to bond <laughs> with the mom. I was yeah, like, yeah. What, yeah. like, what did I say? <laughs> See, I thought you were talking about him, or he's talking about himself for a second. <laughs> so I didn't know any. I, I never heard of the Trailer Park Boys, you know, until I, mm-hmm. and this was you know several years ago, and you know, obviously with GNR being you know involved in them, me doing this podcast, I'm like, I got to give them a try at some point. And like everything is on Netflix, mm-hmm. so I finally watched the movie. Okay, yeah, the first movie. I think it was the first movie. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, it was amazing. really funny. I'm like, this is a really funny show. Yeah, yeah it's really. I wish good. I grew up with it. When it was on, when Netflix like got really popular, they blew up like even harder, and then Netflix got them to do those other new seasons or whatever. Right. Okay, yeah, but the original like first seven seasons are perfect. People will keep bringing up Letterkenny too while we're here. You've yeah. seen that? It's like the same Canadian kind of show. I've, oh, anyway, I've never seen. I've it. heard of it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think this also. I got. I got to you know squeeze out the uh, the Canadian in you while you guys are here. Oh yeah, let's do it. No, there was yeah. another show called Cocked Guns. What? It was on. I don't know. It was about I think a band you know called Cocked Guns. I think it took place in Canada. Cocked That's a sweet band name. It was on for one yeah. season on Hulu or That's something. I, I got to look that up again. 
Is there anything else? Uh, oh, when you saw GNR, mm-hmm. uh, who did they play with? I forgot to ask that. Um, oh, it was a uh, Canadian band, um, uh, Our Lady Peace. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know Our Lady I Peace? like them. I like them. Yeah, yeah, they were the opening band. She got me yeah. into them too. What the hell? She yeah. got me into everything Canadian. Maybe you need to call her. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was in the nosebleeds, but it was a terrific show. Like okay. it was, Yeah, it was awesome. What do you think of... Uh, Axel singing for ACDC. I loved it. Yeah, it was way better than that. Well, I didn't expect it to be bad, but it was I, good. It I was saw good. it a few blocks away at the Garden. Oh, nice. And it was just so, I was so surprised. At the same show, uh, it was uh, from Anthrax. Uh, Scott Ian. Scott Ian was there. Charlie Benanti was there. Whoa. Uh, Daryl from The Walking Dead. They were just, I had better seats than they did. <laughs> how, how is <laughs> it? Which never happens. How is it watching a show at the Garden? It's cool. It's cool. I mean, there there's a venue here that I really did. I got to see uh, Ringo Starr's All Star Band last year, Pure Seventeen. It's oh, on, yeah. it's on a rooftop. That's oh, where we yeah. we play there in like two months. You on do the AWOL tour. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, is that where they film ESPN stuff too? Don't they? Don't that they, I'm not sure. Don't I hear that on? I don't know. Never mind. But yeah, we we do play there in a couple months. Oh, nice. You gonna play Pure? Okay. Yeah. You so, seen Billy Joel? I haven't. That's on the to do list. Yeah. Yeah, that's on the Stranger t- Changed My Life. Yeah. On repeat in the van by this guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. He doesn't, he, he pisses him off. No, no, I got, it got me into it. At first I didn't even know what it was because, uh, you know, young kid, but. Uh, not that young. Not that young anymore, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I really like it now though. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad. So you you guys are going to be back here in the city. Yeah. Obviously. 100%. All right. Chris, Taylor, Bleeker, thank you so much for coming by. Again, it's Brando. And before we get out of here, let's do a, a real quick dance in. With Mr. Mailstone. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna well. Alright, so this comes via Instagram. This is from Digital Tony. He goes, Love your podcast since the beginning. People always say, quote, wish Izzy and Steven, quote, were in the lineup. That's a simple way to think, in my opinion. You should do a panel, a panel show discussing why the new lineup is better off without them. I used to be one of those people. I was a huge AFD fan. I was at the Aerosmith GNR tour at Giant Stadium, but I gave up on the band after Izzy left. I never took CD, Chinese Democracy, too seriously. I lived in Vegas during the multiple Axel and Friends residencies. I refused to go. Then, when they, quote, reformed, uh, I bought tickets to the first show in Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena, told my wife, don't worry about any of the nonsense they play from Chinese but I was wrong. I immediately loved better, and she got all gooey over this I love, TMI, uh, by the way, <laughs> then not in this lifetime three more times. Long story short, Chinese Democracy is now my favorite album ever, and I loved it because of the live experience of GNR 2.0. So there you go. I learned my lesson, and I didn't miss Izzy or Steven once. Uh, Anthony, actually, he signs his name. Well, Anthony, I really... Appreciate your comment, taking time to to write me a message. And you know what? You wouldn't be the first one to say that. I've heard that from many fans. And obviously, there is the complete opposite feeling. People who think that this isn't Guns N' Roses. So, you know, they call them opinions. But you gave me an idea because I did the the PTRIS segment. And don't worry, I'm not going to play the soundbite again a while ago. I think I called it the Guns N' Roses game show, and that episode is now, I consider, a hidden track. So if you wanted to to hear that episode, you'd have to ask me for it specifically. But I really appreciate that suggestion, because that, that reminded me, yeah, while the all these interviews are, are great, of course, I've said this before, it's not like I set out to do Appetite for Distortion and expected to get all these interviews. Certainly, I didn't. So it's great. I thought I'd be fishing for content. I mean, to do a podcast centered really just around one band, but we're making it work. But we want to have fun at the same time, not just get great interviews. So let's do another Guns N' Roses game show. Okay, so perhaps you want to submit your suggestion as far as topics we can cover. One of them can obviously be, is this lineup the right lineup going forward? Do you feel that way? Another hop topic that... We're going to do. We have to talk about it because of your reaction on social media. Uh, with my my Gilby Clark interview, it was picked up by both Blabbermouth.net and Ultimate Classic Rock. 
and they focused on him talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it was a, a mixed bag of, of reaction. You know, while everybody supports Gilby, it seems, you know, he's a nice guy, obviously, but some of you are in agreements that he should be in the Hall of Fame if Matt and Dizzy are in, and some of you don't feel that way. I'm in, in the the side of the classroom that believes Gilby Clark should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and here's why. And we'll talk about this the next time we do the PTIRS, uh, Guns N' Roses game show. I believe Gilby should be in because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should be looked at as more of a museum rather than the personnel that get inducted. So some sort of culture change would have to happen. But just think about it like this. If it's, you know, what, what's the point? You're acknowledging this band. You're not just acknowledging Appetite for Destruction. You're acknowledging the band's accomplishments, the band's history. Gilby Clark's not a part of their history. The guy who replaced Izzy, the guy who was on one of the biggest tours ever, the Use Your Illusion tour, the spaghetti incidents. I mean, it, it. Some people may make fun of it because it's a covers record, but it's it's got to be the best cover record of all time, <laughs> right? It can, that could be argued. I I think I'm going to put that hot take out there. And then you you can even go further on his resume. You look at his, uh, you know, that that solo record, Pawn Shop Guitars, Axel slash Guns N' Roses are on it. He was with Snake Pit. That was supposed to be a GNR record. He's part of the history. Why should he be excluded? You know, let's just say 500 years now, uh, from now when we're all dead, and for some reason the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is still there. Some kid wants to learn about Guns N' Roses. He's not going to learn about Gilby Clark. And then it, some people think it's taking away from Axel and Slash and the people who made the band, the people who made Appetite. Well, think about, you know, again, is it how are you inducting them, Right. So is it going to be a, like a display in the, this museum that I would like? You know, it can just be like a plaque of all the, the entire roster that had been a part of Guns N' Roses at one point and another. But the big display, you know, the big attraction of the, the Guns N' Roses wing of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame would, again, of course, have Axel and Slash and Duff and Steven Adler and Izzy Stradlin. Could there be a little bucket head in the corner? Why the fuck not? <laughs> right? Again, no one's thinking Buckethead wrote Sweet Child of Mine. You're going to learn at this rock museum who did what. And you know what? That's going to teach you, hey, you know what? I love all this stuff about Guns N' Roses. I love the main people. But, you know, Gilby Clark seems cool. Let me find out about more about his solo records. And you're preventing... You're kind of like preventing future generations about learning about these really cool players who earned the spot to be as they hit the heights that they've hit. I never liked when people called Gilby Clark just a touring guitarist. He was so much more than that. That was a tough role. He, he earned it. So if you have an opinion on the matter, if you want to be a part of however we construct, uh, I construct, I guess, the... The next PTIRS, the Guns N' Roses game show that we do if you want to be a contestant, so to speak. If you want to submit a topic, just hit me up on social media, facebook.com slash the AFD show, Twitter at the AFD show, Instagram, Appetite for Distortion. And don't forget, aside from leaving a review, you can always leave comments on however you listen to us, your your, your podcast go-to, iHeartRadio. Uh, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. They all have places for comments, and I get emails. I get notifications, so I try to be as proactive and responsive, I guess. I try to be as responsive to you, even if it's just a like on your comment, just to show you know, I'm acknowledging you. You're taking the time to acknowledge me. I want to acknowledge you as well. And that's also, again, the, the best ways to keep uh, up to date as far as future guests. But I will tell you, Tom Kiefer, we got him. So stick around for that episode. When will you see it? When are you going to see future episodes of Appetite for Distortion? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.